0: You're listening to the Brand Boost Podcast, an exclusive look at who's doing business right. He's your favorite brand correspondent with more tweets than the Bible's got Psalms. Here's your host, Vincenzo Landino. So this is the Brand Boost Podcast with Vincenzo Landino. And my special guest today is Kim Garst, the wonderful social selling strategist, uh, she's also the first lady of Periscope. Uh, she has a she's a best-selling author, speaker, top ten social media influencer according to Forbes. Uh, Kim, welcome to the show. How are you? I am
1: great, and thank you for inviting me.
0: No, thank you. Uh, you know, you are somebody that I've followed, and I'm like, oh, Kim, you know, I got to get her on the podcast because we could talk about brands and being on social, and really, I know you focus a lot on small businesses, but hey, let's face it, there's not a lot that's different because I think that big brands need to be doing what the smaller ones are doing. Um, And that's really probably one of the most, that's like the the key factor that a lot of big brands miss is they think once they get big, they don't have to do like this, you know, what these entrepreneurs and small businesses do to get them to work themselves up there. And and they just spend a lot of money. So things work per se, but they're just spending more money. So um, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, Let's see. You're speaking at the Periscope Summit.
1: I am. Yes, I sure am.
0: So tell us, tell us a little bit about you and your Periscope journey. I want to hear about that before we jump in.
1: Well, it's it's been really interesting. Um, you know, I've shared this on Periscope a couple of times because peri- uh, video has always been my elephant. It's been one of those things that, you know, I don't like my picture taken. I hated. Video- Video mostly from a perf- perfection standpoint. You know, I would edit to the daylights out of everything. You know, uh, if my words, you know, tumbled over one another or whatever, I'd have to redo 15 times that kind of thing. So it was always one of those things. And in fact, if you'd have said, you know, three months ago that I would be, um, you know, doing all these live streaming things, I would have laughed. Uh, but it has been an amazing opportunity, uh, and I'm addicted to the community. Frankly, I'm addicted to uh, the people, uh, you know, which is why, uh, I do what I do. I, you know, I, I uh, love to serve and, uh, and I love the human connection, I think. Uh, so I just get out there every day and I talk to people and I try to give value. Um, and I think that's probably where most brands are falling down. It doesn't really matter if you're a big brand or a, you know, solopreneur, It, it is where people are falling down the most.
0: So you wrote an article about six ways brands are using Periscope, and I'd love for the you know audience members, those that are watching here on Blab, and those also listening to the podcast when this uh, comes out. What are you seeing, or what top brands are you noticing that are using live streaming, and what are they doing on live streaming? Like where are they really making that, like moving that needle on live stream?
1: Well, unfortunately, not many of them have embraced it yet. One. Uh, And it's such a big um, missed opportunity, in my opinion. I actually just had a conversation with one of my clients who is a massive brand. Uh, They're getting ready to roll out a new campaign. And I have been really pushing, um, you know, how awesome the opportunity for live streaming is, you know, where else can you sit down and with your phone literally yeah. uh, and have an opportunity to connect with, you know, hundreds of people, thousands of people. Do you think um, they're scared? I don't know. I can't really wrap I think it's lack of inf- a lack of education right now, frankly, because they're like, well, well what do you, what is this live streaming stuff? Well, what is it? What is it and how does it work? So I think there's a big disconnect on the, how does it work? um and i also think that they are slightly concerned maybe massively concerned i think it depends on the brand on you know putting themselves out there in a way that they can't control um you know because it's live i mean you know we things happen i mean we drop the phone we you know uh, our sound doesn't work or our video goes out you know things uh does absolutely go wrong in a live environment
0: yeah. And, you know, I'm seeing kind of this the shift. Some brands are accepting it. It looks like a lot of, uh, you know, consumer brands are seeing the opportunities. I know that uh, I think it was Doritos, was it? They put out like a live streaming contest, I believe it was. And um, I think actually you mentioned it in your article, that's probably where I saw it. Uh, but is it where do you see it in? you know i know that we're we're talking a little bit about social selling here but where do you see it as in a social selling
1: funnel live streaming well i think it's the fastest way that i have ever seen to build the know like and trust factor so people buy from those they know like and trust um, we you know that's kind of a given right i mean we all have heard it for years and um and yet uh, it's a process, in my opinion, on social media. You have to get out there, you have to give value, you have to show up. And the neat part about that, while that's great, and we've all been talking about it, we've all said it forever, um, that relationships matter, you have to get put yourself out there, you have to lead with value, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it takes a while in the social space, the traditional social space, to build that know, like, and trust factor. Um, the neat part, in my opinion, about live streaming, versus Versus uh, traditional, you know, uh, text-based or visual content-based uh, um, social uh, engagement is that they get, uh, they kind of get to see a face. They get to connect. They get to feel like they They're know lying. that person. They're alive. And it is, again, you know, what you said when we first started about brands not, um, you know, really understanding the value proposition of social media. I mean, still to this day, they some of them think it's a fad that it's going away. Uh, incredible that yet they still don't understand that that's where people are and they can't ride their brand reputation forever. They've got to get in the mix, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And they're writing, you know, it's funny because a lot of them write it off before they even give it a shot. So they're jumping right into the, the, the bandwagon of, yeah, it's a fad. It doesn't work. Forget it. We don't even want to go down that rabbit hole, right? They're calling it a rabbit hole at this point. And I think rabbit hole gets overused, but you know, here it is. We're on the cusp of something so much greater. We have the opportunity. I mean, in the sales world, this is this is the the goal. this is your end goal is to get somebody face to face like you said before that's that's what you are trying to do, whether it's cold calling and you're trying to get somebody on the phone or you're trying to get a meeting with them. So now here it is. we have this, and here's the opportunity, Kim, like we are face to face here, or you have your uh you have your audience in front of you, and, and I know that you do such a great job. Um, you know, you have courses and also with your you know consulting, so people see you face to face, they get to know you. And, and they buy in. They're buying you. At the end of the day, you know that's what they're buying. So, um,
1: well, it's you know in my book um, I wrote about this this uh, scenario, which I think is so applicable to what you just said. Uh, in that Snapple had the Snapple lady, right? Yep. And um, and of course they were ultimately bought out, and uh, you know they got rid of the Snapple lady. And and lo and behold, they ended up losing like millions and millions of dollars when they sold again, uh, because she was the face of the company. She was the face of the brand. And that's what people resonated with. That's what people related to. So I think that's a a critical piece. And, you know, we talk about sales all the time, you know, and in, in traditional sales, we have to, we feel like we have to be kind of belly to belly, you know, you know, it doesn't really matter if you're a brand or you're in direct sales. Um, there is still that, uh, uh, perception that a sale doesn't happen unless you are, you know, belly to belly with people. And I don't believe that to be true. I think a brand or a business, regardless of, of, of you know, and again, in my opinion, can sell to many in an environment like this by simply showing up, delivering consistent value and, um, you know, having a, a relationship, a human relatable relationship, kind of belly to belly Uh, with people I think it's such a big difference it's a game changer
0: absolutely and you mentioned live stream versus traditional social media and you are you know the go-to for Facebook marketing tell us the differences that you're seeing on Periscope and Facebook and then if you can also touch actually let's go there first and then we can go into what you're seeing on Facebook how that's changing as well
1: Okay. Now, as it relates to Facebook, are we talking about the the live streaming app on Facebook or do no, you just so overall, bigger picture? Overall,
0: bigger picture, you know, Facebook, because I, you know, as far as we get away from Facebook, I think it all comes back around and people are finding uh, people, and I say people, brands, entrepreneurs, small businesses are all seeing that Facebook is still a great place to market physical product services, books, anything that they're, they're, you know, courses, webinars, whatever it may be, Facebook is still the go-to. And I I just want to know where, you know, like you said specifically, there's a difference between live stream like Periscope and traditional and like certain brands are still falling back on Facebook. So what is it that they can do on Facebook that helps them sell?
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, Facebook is still the elephant. I mean, it, it truly is. I mean, what, I think it was last Monday that 1 billion people were recorded as logging in. Um, we can't discount that as marketers. Uh, you know, whether it doesn't really matter what size, uh, um, you know, business you are, what brand size brand you are, that is an incredible marketplace. And um, and it's not going away. You know, they're constantly innovating. You know, we can complain all we want about all the changes that they're they're making because they do make them routinely, um, but the re- reality is that they are in a, an amazing um, you know, marketplace with uh, incredible data that, guess what, is right at our fingertips. And um, the, they have shifted a lot of things. They are making it a lot harder for us to uh, connect and engage uh, without paying to play. Um, but that said, uh, I have never seen a better paid uh, model um, Than Facebook ads you know the the opportunity to connect and target um, you know all the way down to you know a, a variety of demographics or even um, you know interest whatever you know, whatever your demographic uh, is that you 're trying to target, never seeing a better data set. That is in a paid model that's available to us. Literally, um, you know, as long as we're willing to pay, (laughs) which is a little bit of a caveat. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do brand, you know, are you seeing that brands are they need to pay still, or is there any organic benefit for a brand to be on Facebook?
1: Um, I I personally um, kill it organically on Facebook, of course, because you
0: are the absolute. (laughs) queen of Facebook. And I would expect that. So for the rest of us that are maybe are not killing it or brands that aren't killing it, what do they need to do to kill it organically?
1: Well, I was just going to say that I think you can kill it organically if you commit to doing um, some, some core things. And I think most of the stuff as it relates to, you know, organic reach on Facebook, you have to step away from I'm a business. And that is all I'm going to share. You know, if you're an accountant, you know, I'm only going to give you guys, my audience out there, stuff that revolves around the fact that I'm an accountant Um, and I'm here to uh, take your money. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I personally think that uh, you have to show up, be relatable, um, you know, provide great content that is related to your business. Absolutely. But I think that we are people first. We are going to connect around, um, you know, commonalities, things that we care about before we're going to connect around your product or service. I mean, think about it when you are consuming content on Facebook or Twitter or wherever, um, you know, do you appreciate it when somebody says, Hey, here is my product or service and you need to buy from me now.
0: Of course. Does not. that ever no.
1: resonate with you?
0: No, it's there has to be some human element, and and that's Absolutely. where I you know I find is the best. And it seems like a lot of the big brands that get it have this human element to it. Absolutely. Uh, whether it's through like a mascot of some sort, or just talking, engaging with their customers one to one rather than just broadcasting constantly. Um,
1: that's the key that's the secret sauce that is the absolute secret sauce to getting organic free aka free reach um on facebook is being truly concerned on a human to human level and serving your audience or your community or your tribe uh in a way that they care about not the way we care about
0: and and let's let's touch on this very quickly, but using influencers, right? So, uh, you know, again, it goes back to social selling, but I think that influencers are an important part of that. So for me, who's been involved in influencer campaigns before, is there a way to do it wrong? And I know that there's probably things in the news that have happened recently where influencers have screwed up with big brands, but is there a way to do it right? And what do you think that is? And then what is the worst way to implement these influencer campaigns?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, coming at this from an influencer standpoint, I've done many influencer campaigns, and I think the ones that have been the most successful um, are the ones that you can authentically um, wrap your brand around. In other words, for me, um, when somebody approaches me with an influencer opportunity, you know, it has to be something that's value-based to my community or else it comes across as just being what it is, uh, you know, a, a pitch fest of sorts, you know. So you have to, you know, if you are an influencer and or you're looking to, you know, um, hire an influencer for a campaign, you have to make sure that that whatever your product or service is ties into that community. And I think there is a bit of a disconnect sometimes on those things. You know, sometimes the, and I've actually been hired for, um, you know, campaigns where ultimately uh, on the front side, it seemed like that there was a um, kind of, a, it was a good fit that ultimately didn't turn out to be a good fit. So I think there you need to really dig into that on the front side before, one, agreeing to be an influencer. And then, you know, if you're a brand and you're looking for an influencer, you have to be very clear what your expectations are uh, from that influencer, and 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 make sure that that influencer actually does have influence for what you're trying to get them to influence. That's a lot of influence there, but that's
0: a lot. Yeah, that's quite a bit of influence. Yeah, <laughs> are we out influencing ourselves?
1: I know, no. as I kept saying it, it's <laughs> like this is not sounding exactly like. Hopefully, I made sense. <laughs> no, it makes
0: sense. I mean, I'm sure that those listening understand that. If you are an influencer, you have to not only uh, take that position not, – it's not – you can't take it lightly. I think there's definitely that mutual trust, but like you said from the get-go, there is that no-like trust factor that you know, as an influencer that's been hired by brands, large brands, they've seen me through Periscope or through meerkat or through live streaming. Uh, so they were able to tell what's going on before they even had to go and check Twitter, go and check my other social, you know, my social networks, because they could see this is the, this is it. I can't fake this. You can't fake face to face. Like you said, um, is there another, so with brands, let's go, let's focus back to brands a little bit. Um, or even actually, no, you know what? Let's go to a small business or, smaller businesses, SMBs, can they also utilize influencers like the way because they may not have the money that big brands have for influencers? How do they how do you find that they can also partake with, you know, in influencer campaigns or use these influencers? And who should those influencers be?
1: Well, I, I actually think that this is true, regardless of what size your business is, whether you're a, a bigger brand or whether you're a small uh, business owner. I think there are actually smaller communities that you can tap into um, where people have very connected communities. You know, lots of times you, you, know, you, you think that as an influencer, you have to have a massive community and that's not necessarily the case. You have to have a connected community. So, you know, in some cases, people have you know, massive Twitter followings for example, but they have no connection to that community at all because they're just a broadcaster. So, you know, they can't impact. In other words, they don't influence that community. Um, And there is a very definite difference. Um, And it, you can so you can build that disconnected community where you serve uh, a community based on a content or you know whatever, but don't really you know have um you know a real connected uh sense of who that community is and and how you serve them, if that makes sense. And then, so to get back to my core point was, I think there are a lot of very small communities that um, ha- have a bigger impact than some of the larger communities in some cases. So lots of times brands will, uh, you know, go after the numbers and not really t- pay attention to see if the the um, the audience actually, or the community or the tribe that that person has built actually is connected to them. Are they engaging with them? Are they talking to them? Are they serving them? And then how is that engagement re- reciprocated, you know, um, or is there some reciprocation from an engagement standpoint? Um, and so I think that that's true. You know, I think a small business can approach um, um, anybody that serves their ideal customer or ideal client and can um, seek an opportunity to form a collaboration of some sort. You know, it doesn't cost a lot of money in many cases to get somebody to um, share your product or your service inside of their community if it is a value proposition for their community. Um, Sometimes it's a giveaway. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it can be very low cost. You just have to figure out who has a community of your ideal client or your ideal customers.
0: All right. So you mentioned the word community there. So I'm going to switch gears again in my head here. How do you even build that community as a brand? How do you build a community? Because if you're going to leverage Let's face it, you can't go right in and lead a, you know, a new brand or a brand that's new to social or it's going to start. They may not be able to just jump right in and say, okay, we're going to use influencers left and right and you know, piggyback off of their communities. So how do they even build a community, whether it's well, with live stream, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn,
1: anything? Well, I think it involves um, a lot of those things. I think you have to get you get you have to get on social media. You have to show up in a value-based way, uh, in a relatable way. You know, it can't just be all about your product or your service. Even big brands today come off as very inauthentic when they just plop down on social media and yeah. say, "Here I am," and expect because they are the big brand, to immediately enjoy enjoy success. And that's just not the way it goes. Um, it's really Interesting to me that um, our audience, or the you know, our consumers, our customers whatever term you want to use they're very savvy today, Um, they know they have the power, and we have to understand as uh, business owners, brands, whatever that we are in service. We are here to serve. And we are here to provide great customer service. We are here to provide great products and services. Um, We are here to give great information, to provide value to a community. Um, We have to lead with value without the expectation of reward. And that is so tough for so many businesses, regardless of size, to wrap their heads around because it's so opposite of what they have traditionally done in the past.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I'm a brand on Facebook. I don't know any better. I'm going to just share only my stuff. That's it. I'm just going to share, 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 buy my product, uh, come to my store, take my e-course, buy my webinar, whatever, buy my book, whatever it may be. How do we shift the mindset? And it, you may there may not be an answer here, but how is it that you can shift that mindset from, hey, you need to actually stop talking about yourself? because that's what I found is very difficult, is yes. is consulting with clients. Hey, stop talking about yourself. You don't need to necessarily always, always, always preach your content. People you know what you do. If they really want to buy it, they, they can look it up. Absolutely. So how do you get them out of that? It's
1: it's very tough. In fact, um, I have found that it's it's kind of a a lockstep kind of thing in a lot of brands, is that um, – you know, you may convince, um, you know, whoever you have that initial contact with, but then it's, it's like red tape in the government. I mean, it's like this massive, (laughs) like you have to get buy-in from like every department and, you know, then there's legal and, you know, all the other, um, you know, pieces and parts that go into actually getting them to embrace what it's going to take. And, um, I, it's almost like, um, Oh, it is probably one of the most difficult things i've ever done uh, honestly is getting um a brand especially massive brands to embrace in a in a in a real way, what it's going to take to achieve true success on social media. There's no shortcuts. There is no you know a lot of a lot of them will say well well like you said well we'll just get an influencer and we'll just you know be able to ride that influencer's um, you know community to success it doesn't usually right. work that way. It, you still no. have to show up and provide a value proposition. And um and it is so tough. Yeah, I agree. It's probably one of the the hardest things to get a brand to embrace as a as a company and as a brand. You like I say you may get a, you know, the marketing folks to buy in, but who else, you know, has to buy in? Uh it can be it can be right. tough. Real tough.
0: You yeah. Uh, you mentioned the value prop, and that's so true, whether it's you're doing a periscope, whether you're on Facebook what you know so many people sh- forget again, I say people brands I- individuals, anybody, small business they forget that anything they're posting or p- putting out there can directly affect their brand, right so if there's no value proposition for anybody reading these these posts. Like, what are they getting out of it? Is there is it entered? You know, what do you think about entertainment value? And I'm not talking about the entertainment world, but what do you think? Because a lot of people say, well, you know, a cat post can get sell more product than necessarily like pitching product. What do you think about an entertainment value? Uh, I hosting. think
1: you have to have, and I have a, a very different approach to this myself and my brand, um, as well as brands that I've worked with. I think you have to have a mix of content, frankly, um, to to really achieve great success uh, in social. And I think humor. And or edumatainment, as, as a lot of us call it, <laughs> is a big factor. I mean, people like, like to one. laugh. They like to feel like you're human, that there is a connection point. Um, you know, so I think that that um, entertainment is a, you know, I you know, I don't think you have to get up and sing on a video or whatever, if that's not your strong suit. But, Guilty. Well, if it's your, I mean, if that's your thing, I mean, you, you guys would want to hear me sing. But, um, but still, I think the humor is is and or entertainment across the board is a piece of where we are. I mean, you know, major world events can be happening literally in the world, and yet we are t- tuned into what's happening with Lindsay Lohan, or you know, I mean, amazing to me that the reality of of where a lot of people's minds are today is a part of it is absolutely entertainment. Um, whether we agree with it, whether we like it, it is where we are. That's where, what people care about. And it goes back to, it is not about us. It is about them.
0: Yeah. Uh, think like a fan as my good friend Brian would say and you know kudos to him and shout out to him for for preaching that mentality but really i think that that is so true and what you just said is you just hit the nail on the head i mean we could probably just drop the mic right now walk away because if brands aren't thinking like what their fans want there's i mean really that's it you don't have you don't have anything there's nothing now unless you're I, I mean, I say, like, unless you're Apple, that you can kind of just force feed things down people's throat. You know, who el- what other brand can do that? I don't, I don't know of many that can do something like that without at some point listening. And I'm sure Apple's listening, too. Um, all right. So a couple, mo- couple questions for you. What brand is absolutely crushing it out there uh, on social media as a whole? I'm talking about top to bottom, every platform. What brand?
1: I would say? have to say Starbucks. Um, you know, simply because, you know, that was the first thing that came to my, to my mind. They're one of my favorite brands as it relates to originality, uh, creativity, um, you know, being in a lot of places, uh, on social and listening, uh, and engaging. I think those are covers the, all the bases right there. Um, you know, they're oh, yeah. very creative. They don't push their products or services, uh, yet they showcase them so, uh, uh creatively that you can't wait to like stop in and, and buy their latest, whatever it is or your favorite and, and pay five times as much for it.
0: Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Why not? Cause it's, cool it's like the cool thing like apple apple's actually... the
1: same way right i mean oh i know you're absolutely yeah. right. great brand
0: they're just not crushing it
1: yes so so <laughs> well that's true apple uh does not they you know they just have built a fan mentality that's second to none i mean I, you have to give them credit for yeah. and much of that is built around you know um just good products, but you know, people are will you know literally line up days in advance to get the latest iPhone, uh, for example. Oh, of course. Um, but uh, but Starbucks on social, absolutely. I I would have to say they're probably my favorite.
0: What brand would you like to see doing a better job? I'm not going to say doing a bad job, but what brand would you like to see doing a better job? And let's not, besides Apple, because I think that's kind of the obvious for
1: a lot of people. I would love to see Apple step in. I can't even imagine what would happen if they did with as many rabid (sighs) fans as they have. um, The fact that they have a Facebook page that they've never posted on, and yet they have millions uh, of fans Mm -hmm. there is incredible. Um, But honestly, I can... I think there's tons of brands out there that would, you know, that we recognize on a day-to-day basis, um, and yet they're yeah. not even on social. Or if they have a social presence, they don't listen. They don't pay attention. Um, you know, I um, let's see. I'm just trying to think. I hate to name names and drop hints. That's but, okay. We're not, but there is, there is tons of them. Um, um, what is the um, – uh, one that comes to mind because I had a negative experience with them. Uh, what's the?
0: Is that? Hold on. So you just made you just made a good point okay. there. When we have a negative experience, don't we instantly th- like connotate that with? Well, they have to do a better job overall. They could be doing a great job overall. Yes. But as soon as we have that negative experience, we're like, nope, they gotta, they gotta clean up. Absolutely,
1: everywhere. and I'm um, <laughs> just trying to think, uh, what was the name? Yeah, I mean, we all would recognize it. I, I just had, I can't believe I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, Jiffy Loop. Jiffy Loop. That's the, that's the one. I was like, I was googling it right quick. Um, but my son last year, just, he started two. gosh, has it been two years, I guess it's been two years, uh, now, um, had a, uh, old change in his local college town. And he calls and says that it was like, you know, $109. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And, uh, wow. you know, he, as a college kid, he didn't know any better, you know? And so I called them up in there and they were, they were rude and uh, surly. And, and so I tweeted the company, I, you know, I tweet, you know, I was just like, I'm going to tweet these people and find out what's going on. And, um, they never responded, never listened. There was tons of uh, negative comments on their Twitter account. Um, it was very, and Facebook page, same. Um, so they just don't listen. They're just not paying attention. They're not tuned in. And th- that's not unusual. I-, I think that you'll find many brands out there that are I- exactly the same. There's, I would be willing to bet you there's not anyone listening who has not heard of Jiffy Loop. And and the fact right. that they are not paying attention on social media um, is a huge mistake on their part, in my opinion. And it's not just about me. It's about anybody that has, an, has a voice and can impact their brand. So I, I think um, there's, there's a lot of those, you know, regardless of what, what size they are, um, that in my opinion just simply aren't listening. They may be on social, they may think they're on social, um, but when they're not engaging and not uh, you know, paying attention to uh, and dealing with the negative customer service issues, then um, it's a missed opportunity to turn those people into brand ambassadors.
0: All right, rapid fire right here. Top three tools that you use daily?
1: Um, My phone. Does that count?
0: (laughs) Yes, it does not have to be a social media tool. This is a marketing. Yes, absolutely. It does not have to be a social media tool. Any tools.
1: Um, Definitely my cell phone. I use an iPhone. Um, I use Hootsuite daily to manage my social platforms. And I create a ton of visual content using uh, Canva. So I think if I had to just literally, you know, name a few things off the top of my head, those would be my top ones.
0: Favorite platform for engagement.
1: Twitter I talk to people I mean I talk to people on all social platforms, but uh, I do have a special place in my heart for Twitter. Uh, I, it's really exciting to see Blab and Periscope kind of uh, pushing a lot of people that have traditionally not been super happy over on Twitter into Twitter um, and you know blowing up their their relationships over there. So I'm really excited to see that.
0: The Facebook queen says Twitter. I love the answer though <laughs> I do love the answer. Um, favorite ice cream flavor? Strawberry. Perfect. That, I mean, that was a great answer. Kim, where tell our our listeners where they can find you?
1: Sure, you can find me pretty much anywhere on social media. My name is Kim Garst. You can Google me, but my website is kimgarst.com. Um, you know, definitely reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook. Um, I'm active on pretty much all of the social platforms.
0: And we will put your links in the show notes when those come out. Thank Thank you,
1: Thank you. It's been so fun to be here and chat it up with you.
0: It's a pleasure. Wow, that was absolutely amazing. Kim Garst is a true pro and really so knowledgeable when it comes to all things Facebook. Check out the show notes to learn more. And of course, no episode is complete without our mini Italian lesson. So today's phrase is andiamo mangiare, which means let's go eat. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love a review brandboostcast.com slash review or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks again to my producer, Cody Stevenson. Be sure to subscribe so you can tune in next time. Ciao.
1: This has been a Vincenzo
0: Landino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the brand boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review or subscribe. Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.